Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hi, and welcome to Canada's podcast. I'm your host, Celine Williams, and today I'm joined by Adrian Bake, who's the founder and CEO of Quantavici, a Toronto-based smart wearable tech startup that, re- that recently launched the world's first smart heated gloves and socks. Welcome, Adrian. It's nice to have you here. Hi, Celine. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have a chat with you today. Absolutely. I'm excited to hear, I mean, first of all, I'm excited to hear about this, about Quantavici, because it sounds fascinating, but I would, I'm really curious about your journey to becoming an entrepreneur and to starting this business in particular. Yeah, it's, I've had a lot of um, distractions till I got to what I really care about. Um, You know, it it started for me as just (laughs) loving um, electronics because that was how I could like put something together, you know, if I go way, way back, it started with Legos and just putting things together. I love to make things. And, um, you know, my father, he's he's an electrical engineer. So he always taught me like the basic concepts. Hey, this is a battery. This is an LED. This is how you turn it on. And I loved it. It was like magic to me. So um, growing up and then I got familiar with programming. I was like, this is better than hardware. You don't, You know, you don't have to like... <laughs> <laughs> buy the battery and just um, connect wires. It's just like code. You tell the computer what to do and voila, like it does it. So I was like, I, I, I fell in love with programming because it, it was the key to making what the things I wanted to innovate. And so, you know, starting 14 years old, um, I, I wasn't doing that well in high school. And um, at the same time, I, I was really enjoying programming. Yes. So it, it was just like the difficulty to follow structure, especially in high school, that uh, was painful for me. So I started working on this project um, and I, I didn't even care for marketing or like releasing it. It was just a playground for me. You know, I was like, hey, I'm going to make an image editor. I want it to be conceptually I wanted to be simpler than Photoshop but at the same time offer some complexity so I started working on it um, I you know day by day I would develop some random filter and um, after a while it just turned into this huge project like after a year of working on it and I was like wow I'm using this every day for just like editing my own pictures my friends like it what if I release this and then it was like the most exciting thought at that time, you know, like I was like, wow, like what if this has like a hundred thousand users and each of them just pay one dollar? You know, that's like the basic thought every entrepreneur has. What if I have a what if I like what if Canada is like 37 million people? What if every Canadian just downloads this app once for 99 cents? I'm gonna be a millionaire. <laughs> so I had the thought, long story short. I released that app, you know, I was 15 years old back then. It was the first product I ever launched. And it had, you know, after a year, it got millions of downloads. It got really popular and I made no money. And that that was the biggest lesson I learned as an entrepreneur, you know, marketing. (laughs) That's like, that's the thing. So from there, I, you know, speaking of distractions, not that big of a distraction. I went to university and I started uh, studying engineering. Um, I was under the impression that engineering is uh, what you need to be able to make stuff, to innovate. It's true, 
but um, it's there are much better ways to um, learn the skills you need for building things. You know, whether you want to focus on electronic hardware or software, making apps, designing stuff. Um, university is not for especially like something like a program like engineering is not for people who want to really innovate you know it's more for people who want to get their checklist checked to get hired at a big company like amazon or google in my opinion <laughs> in my opinion yeah i don't i, I don't want to, um, universities to get pissed at me i i mean i don't think that there's for what for what it's worth i don't think that there's a lot of people listening or who are familiar with the education system who think you know what's really modern and cutting edge in the world how we educate students i don't think i think most people would agree with you that we have an education system in general in most parts of the world that is much more focused on churning people out who can do the same things the exact same way than churning people out who can innovate and think independently and creatively and that sounds like what you were looking more for more of yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, semester by semester would pass and I would be like, okay, this course didn't turn out to be what I expected it to be. Um, maybe that other course is going to be more, um, involve more creativity. And that one would pass. And I was like, damn, this was just like lab reports and just writing stuff. Gosh, like, and then <laughs> I literally had like the last course I ever had, I still had hope for it. I was like, this last one is where I'm going to be able to like do something fun. It was um, intelligent systems. So it was involving machine learning, which is something that I'm really passionate about. And even they managed to make that into something that was just so mundane, boring, and just do it exactly like this. Don't think twice. Kind of. Yeah. A thing. yeah. So you finished university without necessarily the as creative an education as you would have liked. And did you immediately start your own business? What, how, what came after that for you? So, you know, working on that image editor software, it's called Pixel Degrees. We still have a website up for it. I call, I say we, I'm used to it because Quantavici is a team, but Pixel Degrees was just one, one teenage show. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, um, I had seen the importance of accumulating accomplishments over time, you know, putting in work, consistent work, and how it amounts into something that people can appreciate and love and use. And, uh, you know, in 2017, I was like, it's time for me to start building something new, Uh, you know. My friends kept telling me like, wow, like this software is awesome. We were using it in this class. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really cool. But then I, I had this feeling that, okay, like I was 15 years old. I did something cool. But so what have I done since then? Like I need to do something. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm going to have to get a job and make money to survive. But um, it's time to start something new. So at the time, I had a friend who was uh, suffering from migraine attacks. They were so severe that she wouldn't be able to even go about her day. And she tried different medicines, therapeutic solutions. What turned out to work for her specifically was heated wearables. So applying heat because her migraines were triggered by the cold weather. And, you know, 
this made me um, interested in learning about hidden variables today. And what I found is still what I see today, um, with the exception of quantum which it's I, uh, it sounds biased, but you know, there is not one person that has tried hidden variables that would disagree with me. So what I found was that hidden variables had existed for 20 years, over 20 years. And they've all been using the same flawed technology. You know, you look at any ratings on their websites, <clears throat> people are always complaining about the same things. The battery life, the design, the material, the, um, the level of heat is not adjustable and like the list goes on. And, you know, I reflected on all of my experience working on my first product, project or product. And, you know, I knew that this time I have to do it right. I had this really bad feeling I, and I'm not the only one like, as an entrepreneur. Um, if you launch something that doesn't make any money, that has a, a if you're superstitious, it can have a really bad feeling for you. Like, what if I'm just cursed? What if I can't sell anything? What if I don't have the seller person um, bone or whatever? And yeah. I kind of was afraid, like, what if I can't sell? What if I just don't have what it takes? And for Quantum Reach, I was like, you know what? For this product, I'm going to focus. It's not, I'm not inventing hidden variables. I'm seeing a product that has a lot of room for improvements and I, I know there is a demand for it. Like there, there has been products that launched and were successful. So I am going to make it perfect. As an engineer, I know that I should not over-engineer it, um, but I should utilize my skills and knowledge to find the right people for the job, not pay uh, 50 grand for a basic hardware design which is a mistake a lot of entrepreneurs make. They think like if you pay a lot of money to some person or company, they would be able to deliver what you want. But no, like I have a whole video about this on my channel. Um, you know, long story short, it, that became my mission to launch Quantavici at the same time, not be rushed to get it done. You know, at the same time, I wanted to perfectly learn everything, you know, from market validation, building a minimum viable product, understanding my market, what are the different marketing tactics, what are, um, how do I do networking, how do I um, raise money, how do I sell everything. And, you know, long story short, fast forward to October 27th, we launched on Kickstarter. Within the first 30 days, we sold uh, 1,500 units um, amounting to over $300,000 in funds. And um, we made it to the top 0.20% of all Kickstarter campaigns with that launch. So th that kind of broke the curse of never having sold anything. So first of all, congratulations. That's incredible that you made it that, that you did that well on Kickstarter, but it's a great, you know, it's a great um, example of doing you're, you know, doing the research, doing the validation, and then putting it out there um, and selling it before, you know, bef unlike your first product where you made no sales, selling it before it's all together, right? But you have, it's, you know, you have a minimal buy product, you know how this is going to work. But rather than just putting it out there and hoping people come to you, you put the idea out there with what you have. 
and then let people invest in it. And I think it's a, it's really cool. And you've definitely proven that there is a need for innovation in this way. You know, it's funny when you say heated wearables, I was like, I don't even know if heated wearables, everyone I know, unfortunately, when they need something still uses those little hot packs, like you put in your socks and you, right, like that's a heated wearable. That's what everyone uses and they're terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's crazy. Like um, I, I, when I was researching heated wearables, I hadn't even heard of those things because, <laughs> you know, doctors, they give you like these packs that you have to put in the microwave. And that's just scary, like, especially for your eye. I went to my eye doctor and I saw he has something laying on the countertop and like, it said like heated something. I was like, oh, that's cool. What does that do? And he's like, oh yeah, like in, um, th there is this condition where, um, to help blood flow, you have to warm your eye up and you put this in the microwave and after it hits up, you put it on your eyes. And I was like, I don't feel safe doing that. You know, like that's crazy. So, uh, you know, we are hoping that our technology being so thin and sexy and offering mobility is going to become the go-to for, you know, all industries. So Quantavici has been funded on, on Kickstarter. Um, how, when do you start shipping? I don't know how this all works. So what's the next steps? Do you start shipping soon? Like what, are, what is, where are you at with the business now? That's uh, that's a very good question. You know, um, we are constantly recalculating this. It's been so challenging. Um, you know, I I am sad that our delivery date was um, delayed, but I do not regret launching because, you know, especially with all the things that are happening around the world, delays are inevitable right now. And um, to answer your question, our delivery was supposed to happen in January and then it got delayed to February and then March. And then came April, I was like, you know what? No, no, we're not gonna post another update that says, hey guys, um, we are um, we're on, we're like 99% done with production. And then there's just this one component that is yet to be supplied after that, we're going to deliver. I was like, no more updates until we know exactly when we are delivering. So what happened with our production was that we had begun sampling um, right after our soft launch. So the way we strategized the whole product launch was actually really calculated. Um, in March 2020, we did a soft launch, having a landing page, showing renders of our product, generating leads, running Facebook ads. That's you know, in the simplest terms, that's the best way you do market validation. I, I just took a tangent on market validation, but, um, you know, we did our market validation. We saw that our ads are converting into leads at a really low cost. So people are interested and that gave me confidence to invest what was essentially going to be the, the down payment for a place to move out to be for production of Quantavici. So I started working on production back like month before launching. And then when we launched, it seemed like we have everything in order. So we told everyone that we were gonna deliver in January. And what happened was that on um, December 1st that our campaign finished, we 
successfully initiated our production. Everything was going according to plan. You know, the gloves got produced, the batteries, the socks. And then the one part that I thought would be the easiest to produce, which is our smart controller, the smart device that like is the brain of our uh, product that makes our product really stand out beside the material and design. Um, I started getting these um, estimated turnaround times from suppliers saying like four to six weeks. I was like, whoa, like this is just a resistor. This is a capacitor. Like this is going to be easy to have. Like it's common. Like every product has this. Like how do we need to wait four weeks for this to arrive? And then from there, um, my most painful and greatest lessons in production started to be um, written. I, uh, you know, we learned that because, you know, you hear on the news that, um, jobs are affected, there is a trade war, but you don't feel it until you have to deal with it. And that, that's what I experienced. Maybe I'm just dumb and I, I don't really understand what I hear, but you know, our first, it was a nightmare just um, ordering our components. For some components, instead of going to the supplier, we had to order from distributors that had a in-house stock so that we could just get what's available in time faster. Of course, that makes the cost be like dabble. <laughs> it's just like screw-offs of a newbie entrepreneur in hardware production. And you know, to be fair, hardware production is really hard. We had advisors that within a month were like, hey, you know what? You have an app, you have software, you have hardware, you have fashion, you have seasonality. I'm out. You know, I, I can't even give you advice on this. But um, so all of that happened. And then the, after we sourced the components, they arrived in China. And then we hear that there's a tariffs fee. I'm like, the trade war is between US and China, I'm Canadian, like, hey, we are nice, you know? And then they're like, yeah, but some of your components arrived from US. So we have to ch- charge you like a 25% tariffs fee. And I was like, we didn't calculate this in our product pricing. Like, <laughs> this is gonna be eating up our margins. But um, we, you know, just we powered through. This is an example of the countless crazy things that are just so unseen, even by the most experienced advisors that as an entrepreneur, you have to deal with. And you know, right now we have a solid delivery date that is for June. I know it's gonna be hot <laughs> and that's when we are delivering our products, but we extended the warranty time so people would know that we are supporting them. We are not gonna be, um, counting the days that they didn't have the product. And, um, you know, I'm so thankful for our backers. We literally have the most amazing patient backers. We've, out of thousands of people who backed our project, only a few have complained. And may I say very fair complaints that I agree with 100%. So I, I'm not encouraging entrepreneurs to delay their launch, but um, I'm just thanking our backers. Well, and I think it's, it's, um, I appreciate you sharing all of that because I think that it's really important for entrepreneurs, especially if you have, like I always say this when I talk to people who are in consumer packaged goods in any way, who are, who have a physical product in any way, is there are, there's a whole different layer of potential issues that could arise. And, you know, 
opportunities for lessons and call them whatever you want. It's a whole different playing field than a lot of us are on. And so I appreciate you sharing all of that because it's the realities of the type of, of having a physical product, right? It's the realities of having any physical product, let alone a smart wearable, you know, wearable new type of technology product. Yeah. Yeah. After all of that, I was like, no wonder no one else had done this before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see why. Um, so once this, once, what are the next steps for you, for, for you as an entrepreneur and for your company, once this is done and dusted June 1st, everything gets delivered. Now what? I, I'm an obsessive planner. I have like every Monday I wake up from like 7 a.m. till like one, I'm just planning and seeing, reviewing the plans. And that's what plans are, you know, like no plan remains the same. Um, what's next for me as an entrepreneur is that, you know, you cannot do everything by yourself. I've been leading the company. Um, I've had the amazing advantage and honor to work with a lot of amazing teams. For example, for our marketing, we partnered with one of the best um, marketing agencies in the industry. For our um, some of our development work, we have partnered with amazing people. But through everything so far, I've been kind of um, pushing the whole boss by myself. And um, I'm, I know that to take things to the next level, um, we need to hire someone who would be able to take some of this stuff off my plate. So. Yeah. To do that, um, you know, even though we did really well on our first launch, it's amazing. You know, like you launch a product, you raise half a million dollars with sales, and then you just you feel like you should be rewarded with an, an office and a team. But what happens is that you're still at your parents' house, and you know you're still doing everything by yourself. So, um, you know, this is when we've had the proof of concept. The traction has been proven for our product. And our production um, has been proved to be feasible um, with all the shenanigans. And now it's time for us to do an investment round. So we're gonna, we are working right now on a seed round. Mm -hmm. um, after that, we are going to be able to expand the team. Expanded in the team will allow me to um, uh, really go for the next phase. And for Quanta Vici, the next phase, just for the heated wearables is that we want to scale up from the 3,500 units we produce to 20,000. Um, we could have gone much higher, but then two things are um, kind of preventing it. One, shortages of supplies, you know, yeah. still, we still have to, they're even taking longer now. I just heard like a bunch of car companies, manufacturers have been halted because of this whole situation. And the other one is that I like to, I don't like to wing it. You know, I don't, for launch, you know, for example, on our Kickstarter video, the conversion rate was 10 times the average. It was over 30%. And that's because we really focused on all the small details. What do people need to see? Like we've put in all this effort in the product. We have like a team, we have the technology, we have uh, all of these features. Do we perfectly show it or not? So, you know, we could go for like 200,000 units but I'm going with 20, 
modest 20,000 units to um, be conservative with the growth. growth. And then um, beside that, I have some ideas from, for other products that we would do the whole um, market validation thing and safely launch. And um, ultimately, you know, um, one thing that I'm really excited about is the B2B side of the business. You know, there are, as an entrepreneur, you don't want to go against the world. You know, you want to kind of see how can you be helpful. And that's what you keep hearing from all of these guys in Silicon Valley who are like influencers or just like um, advisors. How can you make yourself helpful to others? How can you be of value before you ask for someone's help? And, you know, our goal as a company is that, is to help people. And businesses, there are a lot of um, businesses, especially in the fashion industry, who um, cannot pivot into hardware technology. Mm -hmm. So for them, you know, we have this B2B option where we take um, collaboration over competition, offering them um, to license our technology. So that way they can also um, kind of keep up in the smart apparel industry. Yeah. So I want to kind of, um, I want to be mindful of your time and, and, and start wrapping this up, but I'm really curious why, what made you so interested in on why entrepreneurship, I guess, is my question. Like, what is the reason that you were like, you know what I want to do? I want to really focus on being an entrepreneur, even despite, and while all of these things were happening, because a lot of people, inside of what you've dealt with in the past, you know, eight months would have been like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. This is too hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it was like Jeff Bezos or someone that was saying like, um, a lot of the times when I was putting in like my A game and all that effort, it felt unreasonable. You know, it was like, this is going nowhere. Why am I so obsessed? And you, you honestly have to have that mentality. You know, it depends the, on the type of entrepreneurship that you're going for. You know, some people are just um, uh, f- like selling their service, you know, like a photographer or um, uh, changing pipes and that's called entrepreneurship. But if you're creating a venture where there is branding, there is hardware, software and seasonality and all of this stuff, um, you kind of have to be crazy to like not give up, you know, because I've been through some really hopeless times and I have this mentality whenever like something goes really wrong. I'm like, you know what? Good. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to come back stronger. And I've always been like that, you know, like in university, I had to take chemistry for like three times till I passed it. (laughs) I did not like that course. Um, and you know, every time I failed it, I was like, you know what, maybe I'm going to drop out, but I'm going to freaking pass this course. I'm not going to let this defeat me. So you have to have that mentality and, um, why entrepreneurship in the first place? Um, I just love building things. A lot of people share this feeling with me and, you know, Building something, we have we have this DIY do-it-yourself culture growing so vastly right now. Well, people are just like even ordering 3D printers that they have to assemble themselves. I'm kind of that guy, but at the same time, I like to 
do things on a larger scale. Like mm. for Quantavici, I could have made these gloves just for myself, but I want to make it at in thousands of units, have it sell to everyone. I love that on a single day, I may have to work on a firmware code of the device, do some app design, update the website, do some marketing strategy, do social media management, and then um, do some onboarding for, um, I don't know, like a package designer and just a variety. Maybe it's my ADHD, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I just love variety. Yeah. And some people um, are geniuses and they just like to go to work, sit down and do the same thing over and over for 20 years. I'm just not that guy. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm also not that person. So yeah. I get it. Um, is there, Adrian, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners or viewers with that we didn't get to that you really want to make sure you, we talk about before we wrap this up? Um, no, I would just like to give a shout out to my baby YouTube channel. Um, I, <laughs> I recently put this together. Um, you know, as I was telling you before the yeah. um, podcast, um, I, there's no ebook that I'm trying to sell or um, a program that I'm trying to people to sign up. I just really like to bring everyone together, especially entrepreneurs, because entrepreneurs are truly a different breed. You know, that mentality, that commitment, the devotion, um, the passion for learning, connecting and building things together. It's amazing. So I'm, you know, <clears throat> check out quantavici.com. And if you like what we have been able to accomplish, I'm going to be sharing some of the behind the scene uh, methods and um, findings that as we just go along on my YouTube channel, which is literally my name, Adrian Bake. <laughs> and it'll, everything will be linked up in the show notes. So if they go to the show notes, they can find that there as well. Um, congratulations again on your incredible Kickstarter launch and on everything that you're doing. I think it's really exciting and I look forward to following along on your journey, Adrian. It's been lovely chatting with you. Likewise. Thank you so much. Absolutely.